know it's actually kind of weird to realize? I was thinking about this. Um, uh, UCA started close to 10 years ago now. Next year, it'll be 10 years. And it started with just you and me in front of the same microphone. And there was Gracie wasn't there yet. No. And we just were sitting on my bed recording this thing that we didn't really... I was just like, yeah, we're, this is the first, this is just a little extra thing we're going to do. We oh, were, yeah, I remember you were like, oh, I was trying something new. You want to join me? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? That was fun. We were still, we, we, we had, like, just started dating, too, pretty pretty much, right? Like, this, yeah, this is 2014. This was, uh, yeah, this, we had been dating for about six months at that point. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, time flies. And then now we're married. Actually, it, it's funny when you listen to... And amusings, because it's over the course of five years. Yeah. And if you start in the beginning, we're like dating. I'm going by another last name. Um, and then uh, time passes in and you can hear like, oh, we're in the pandemic. And then you hear us saying, oh, wait, we got married. And like, it, it's almost. It's a, it's a time capsule. It really is. Yeah. Podcasts are kind of like time, especially podcasts like this are kind of like time capsules, like reflections of, of things that came before. Uh, welcome to Undercooked Analysis, your time capsule podcast. Apparently, mm-hmm. we preserve, we undercook it so that way it doesn't go bad. If it get cooked too much, it would disintegrate over the passage of years. Some podcasts uh, age like fine wine. Ours, this one, I don't know. UCA ages like hardtack. <laughs> in that it doesn't. Yeah, but it also never tasted great from the beginning. Let's be real. Uh, I'm David. I'm Kayla. And it's been a hot minute since it's been just you and I. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Uh we 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 figured we'd get one of uh get an episode out of the way. We haven't uh we actually uh Kayla reached out to some of our uh regulars recently to see, hey gang, to the Curative Horror community to see if people wanted to share some of their stuff. And we got a bunch of great uh entries. Uh we're gonna be kicking off a little bit of like going through that and talking about some of our, our longtime listeners and and friends uh, works so, on here. Uh, but the one I really wanted to be a part of, at least. Um, so uh, the, we were sent one by um, uh, one of someone who's been part of the community pretty, pretty long. Uh, Max. Uh, Hi, Max. Hi, Max. And uh, when he sent it to me, um, the description he said was, a short 80s horror-influenced short story conceptually inspired by the, the They Might Be Giant song of the same name. And I'm like, holy shit, that is so up my alley. Hey, I need to read this. <laughs> hey, future Maureen, can you put, like, a little bit of the song that uh, Max is referencing right here? Can you tell that I'm planning revenge? So, okay, thank you for respecting the legal limit, Maureen. Aw, thank you, Maureen. <laughs> That episode made me laugh so fucking hard. Future David is very grateful that he gets to take a vacation so future Maureen can handle it. (laughs) Uh, She's such a sweetheart, don't you know? Oh, yeah, she's great. We we love everything she does around here. Um, She's been a big help. (laughs) Oh, just the biggest help. You you have no idea. Uh, But, yeah, uh, so I don't know what to expect. I love They Might Be Giants. Uh, I I have not read this yet. We're going in blind, so let's see... How it go? We're just gonna we're not so, gonna beat around the bush. We're just gonna dive right in. So the story, song's called Prevenge, or the story and the song are both called Prevenge. So yes, the sample that you're listening to, that's what it's called. Yes, I, I'll stop now. You're good. Uh, you're good. We're good. We're good. We're so good. <laughs> we're so good at this. 
We've been doing this for almost 10... We're doing this we're particular s- adaptation for almost 10 years. We're we, still just as we are good, if not better. fucking professionals. We're goddamn pro- fucking professionals. <sighs> Brett was always one of the weird kids, you know? Quiet type. I'd say a loner, but not in the typical sense. It was less that nobody wanted to hang out with him, and more that he didn't want to hang out with anyone else. The way he looked at people was like just about everyone was some kind of monster. It was like he knew everyone's secrets and was disgusted with us. Okay. Looking at him, you probably wouldn't suspect anything. He was a relatively normal-looking kid. He seems to do well in school. I never once saw him get in trouble for anything. But that look in his eyes when he looked at you was soul-eating. I'm sure some of the kids thought he was a demon or something. And before kid actually is demon? I mean, it could be. He's. I, I, I think he probably isn't a demon, but probably something. Yeah, the fact that it's a metaphor, I mean, probably just alluding to it. Yes. Lucas, Jane, Charlie, and I were absolute assholes to him. None of us thought anything supernatural about him, but we just didn't like his vibe. There it is. There's the uh, Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's supernatural. But remember, when you die, you go straight to gun. <laughs> I don't think he really deserved it or whatever, but he was so cold to everyone, everyone, we just didn't like that. We picked on him relentlessly. Honestly, I don't think he even cared. We were like beneath him somehow. I like the vernacular of the character, by the way, of the, the narrator. Interest, it, it's interesting because, like, uh, I, I think, that, first of all, okay, on a surface level, I feel, this is realistic. Yeah. Because I can assure you he does give a shit. Oh, um, he will. Oh, he no, no, no. I think he right, totally does, but he pretends not to. But as bullies or assholes, they think that, like, oh, I don't think he really even cared that much. No, he totally did, and, but he pretended he didn't. And he probably did think you were beneath him, but he still is going to be very upset by this. So. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling this is, it's called Prevenge, so I have a feeling this is going to turn into a, uh, well, this is going to this is going to turn dark pretty quick. As a voice, this make, that that's a believable thing for the kind of bully to say. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Or a former bully. Yeah, former bully, bully. I, I don't know, we don't know how long into the future this is. Presumably our... our Whatever happens, our, our protagonist uh, survives. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually reminds me of that. Um, there was that Ask a Manager story that uh, where the a, a woman is trying to get into this uh, job that's in her niche field. And it turns out the girl that she bullied uh, was like a superstar and uh, at the at that company and basically said she would quit if. Her former high school bully would join, and she's asking, ask the manager, what do I do? Because it feels like I, I don't want to be condemned for something I did when I was a teenager. And basically said it's, I mean, ask the manager said, I mean, you could say sorry, but it will sound like you're just doing it to get the job. So uh, right now, I think it'd be better if you look elsewhere. Um, and it's and she's like, and I also can't blame this woman. It, I mean, maybe it is. What you we I don't know what the extent of your bullying was, but if it's she if she is that uncomfortable, I don't blame her. And then there's a follow up where the woman then follows up. And to make a long story short, she does find a job out five hours outside of her hometown. She's depressed. Comes back, turns out her boyfriend's cheating on her. Mm-hmm. She becomes so depressed that she ends up not going to work, and they fire her. And then, um has to move back in with her family because she and has trouble finding a job anywhere. And then during a dinner with, a, like, her sister or whatever, she sees the person that she bullied, 
with her husband on their like anniversary dinner, goes up drunk to her and is like, you ruined my life. And she's like, and basically, basically blames her for everything. That oh, yeah. Happened. And then at the end, she says, I saw on her Twitter that she mentioned that, like, we need uh, she didn't reference me, but she says, uh, luckily, high, uh, high school doesn't last. Um, things can get better from here. And she's like, I feel like she was doing that just to rub salt into my wounds. And um, uh, the woman from Ask a Manager popped up and said, I don't think she was intentionally trying to be mean. Think of it from her perspective. You base she doesn't know anything about your trouble. She doesn't know anything about your life. At one point, you uh, she you were just someone that was trying to get hired, and she panicked, and they decided not to hire you, and then lives her life normally, and then all of a sudden she's at a dinner with her husband, and then you show up drunk, yelling at her. Jesus, like it's like of course I think she was just doing it just to one let off steam, and then two just to basically. Say to basically talk on social media. I don't think it was really directed like to make you put you down or make you feel bad. Right. It's and it's also not her fault that any of this happened to you at all. This is all on you. You didn't have to uh, become so depressed and not go into job. You didn't have to get drunk and yell at her. And then mm-hmm. also apparently by getting drunk and yelling at her, that company that was considering her said, "Don't you ever apply for this company ever again." Yep. So, so she <laughs> continued to kind of screw herself over. Yeah, I don't feel. I listen. This isn't me throwing shade at all the other shit she had to deal with, but yeah, she did not handle any of that remotely well, and, and it, it continued to screw her over. It's funny because it's like this is all from the point of view of a bully, um, or that it kind of like this story that we're reading. Sorry, I basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's all from the point of view of a bully, and uh, you feel sorry for her and you feel bad for. Her. But then you're like, well, what was the extent of her bullying? I don't want to say, like, karma's a bitch, because that's yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. It really isn't fair. But then it's like, you're still blaming this person. This person that you treated like shit in high school and admitted that you treated like shit in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, right at the so, bat, this, and right at the bat here, this, this our narrator's admitting that they were kind of an asshole. They, they were already admitted they were an asshole, but even then, they're trying to... When people are, like, if you listen, from what I read of her and then now what I'm reading of this, um, I feel like she, it comes across as, like, she um, she knows she was a bully, but there there's something she's still trying to kind of justify, you know, or trying to say, well, it was in the past. They, it's, I you, guess the way I, yeah. that's why I really like this line, this line that says, Honestly, I don't think he even cared. He's there. The, this bully is trying to kind of justify it. Yeah, yeah. I think that. So that's all. It, you know, it's a great way to, to frame it. But yeah, roundabout. It's like you, you know, if you were a, you were the one who was a bully, and like it's in the past. People who get bullied don't let that shit go. No, it affects you. You don't remember you. You know, you're a bully. Might be able to brush it off and go. I was an asshole back then, but I've changed. The person that got bullied is not gonna... I mean, not unless there is, there's going to be a point where you, this bully apologizes or shows remorse or anything like that, or... I have a feeling that ain't gonna happen here. No. Uh, actually, it's your paragraph. Oh, where... yeah, yeah. Uh, it was all basic stuff, nothing too violent. We called him... <laughs> Shit. Okay. We called him dumb names, spread rumors about him, pushed him around, and that sort of stuff. Pushed him around. You know, it didn't get violent. I wanna push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. 
I think we just wanted to see if he would crack someday. I think we wanted to get him to show he was human like us. We were surprised when Brett was there at uh, the festival performance auditions, and more surprised when this audition was so good, he got a main role in some school festival performance. <laughs> Excuse me. It's <laughs> all <laughs> good. I'm not even drinking, just... Uh, I'll give that a, a three. Yeah. Three out of ten. The monologue was a big deal at the festival, even if it was the same monologue every year. The monologue was a school tradition, supposedly written by somebody from the first class that had a festival and passed down something like 200 years. (laughs) Okay. How old is this town? Good question. This must be a New England town. Probably. Lucas and Charlie were always on stage production for pretty much everything that the school did, and they wanted to pull a prank on him of some kind. I remember Lucas and Charlie bringing it up to me. It'll be just like... Oh, do you want to go back and forth? Yeah, let's do that. It'll be just like Carrie, Lucas said, grinning. Lucas, have you seen Carrie? I asked. Do you even know what happens in Carrie? They'll make this girl go crazy or something, right? He responded. And then she kills them, dude. I rolled my eyes at him. If you want to do something, tone tone it way down from what happens in, in Carrie. And do something boring? Charlie asked. The rules are no blood, no stains, nothing traumatic, I replied. Like dump whipped cream on him or something. Charlie and I will figure it out, Lord, Lucas assured me. You and Jane just make sure nobody gets in the way. Jesus Christ. So, um, can can we address real quick? There's always something about Carrie that that I thought was weird in what, all the what, versions of it. What's that? Well, just the fact that after, you know, they dump the bucket on Carrie and Carrie's prom date is like, God damn it. You know, he comes up on stage and mad and then the bucket falls down and hits him in the head. <laughs> and that's how he dies. And, he, and that kills him? That always confused me. It's an empty tin bucket. I don't. Like, would it, did it fall far enough to give this guy, like... Just hit him in just the right spot of the head to cause insta-death? I don't think that. So. always weirded me out. Just saying. Well, I, okay, it's been a hot minute since I read the book. I don't remember the tin killing, bucket killing The him, tin bucket killing. But uh, I'm I, actually, Carrie is one of those books I'm considering reading for Darkly Lit or asking, suggesting for Darkly Lit. Yeah. Um, Just because we haven't read a Stephen King one. And Carrie is actually... Par- Fairly short for considering all his fucking other books. <laughs> uh huh. And it's his first one. And yeah. I, I still think it surprisingly holds up. Um, and uh, I, I think also the cool part about Carrie is the fact that it switches points of view and it's almost like seen in a more journalistic way. Yeah. Like, oh, here's the news reports on the kids and they interview them. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So it's not just Carrie's point of view. It's, uh, but there is a point you see Carrie's point of view. And um, there's actually her, she has this whole inner monologue and the fact that she gets, that, okay, you know what? If, yeah, well, you got me go- if you get me going, I'll talk about books for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. That's why we have a whole podcast about it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay, so we'll stop there. But uh, Shameless plug for Darkly Lit. Go and read Darkly Lit. If you don't, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you, but seriously, go. Yeah, if you, I mean... Want to start reading more? <laughs> yeah, we, we're we on a roll. We just read something fucking wild yeah. for the podcast with Earthlings by Sayaka Murata. You have until uh, you have until July 5th to give us your questions about it. <laughs> this comes out on Tuesday. You have one day. You have one day. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, where? Yeah, you have until tomorrow. Oh, by the way, happy 4th of July if you're in the U.S., oh, I guess. Yeah. Yay! Independence Day. Go be rebellious. Yeah, go be independent. Be gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime. That's the, probably the best way to show independence, honestly. 
Uh, Pride Month, Pride, the end of Pride Month got kind of soured for a lot of people because of the Supreme Court. So you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Be gay. Do crime. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the story. Sorry, we keep getting sidetracked, but that's just the way of the, of the beast. Finally, it was. <clears throat> finally, wait, it was. Did we do, wait, we didn't do that whole surprise thing. Oh no, they didn't. You're right. Shortly afterward, the school festival started its setup. Jane and I were on the festival council, so we had plenty of power to let Lucas and Charlie do whatever they were up to backstage. I was tasked with supervising all the performance rehearsals. This was partially to allow me to make sure Brett never caught wind of our prank. He never let on if he did. Brett seemed to be honestly getting into his role in the festival performance. He had a three-minute monologue that ended off the whole festival, and he had memorized it on, like, day one. I had never seen him get so involved in something. The day before the festival, Jane let me know that the boys had gotten all set up and ready. They're going to have a big target behind him on stage as he does his monologue and supply front row audience members with whipped cream pies to throw. Thank God somebody actually listened to me this time, I replied. When the target is hard enough, she continued, there will be a fun surprise. What is it, I asked. If I told you, it wouldn't be much of a surprise. Does it fall on my rules? I honestly don't know. I'm going to... I honestly, yeah. Don't know what the surprise is, she said, and she walked off. I was a bit concerned with about this quote-unquote surprise, but I didn't think the boys would do something that was deliberately harmful when I specifically asked them otherwise. Do you um, think our protagonist are, is, is... Is a female? Is, yeah. I'm thinking so. They yeah. keep referring to the others as the boys, the boys. so yeah. Yeah, to, you don't... I, I don't... I, I'm... I'm Starting to think that as well, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it was the next night, and the four of us were rushing around with our festival responsibility for hours. As usually, went off, it went off without a hitch, and we were approaching the last parts of the final performance. Uh, Should we switch back? Can we switch yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth again? Yeah, I, I feel like I was sounding awkward, and I felt like I had to do voice. Yeah, no, no, sorry. I realized we should have picked back up where we left yeah. off, but I appreciate your dedication, especially leaning into the, oh my God, a little bit toward the end. Yeah. Uh, have you let everyone know that Charlie and Lucas will be the sole stage crew for the finale? I asked Jane. Yep, there shouldn't be anyone back there but us four, Jane replied as Lucas walked up. Have you guys seen Charlie? Lucas asked. I haven't been able to find him. I haven't seen him for at least an hour, I replied. We looked at Jane, who shook her head. You know what? I'm going to try and give some voices. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I got, I, Jane, is- Jane, I was giving that, but I haven't seen him all day, she said. Probably got stuck doing something. Most likely, Lucas responded. I just don't want him to miss our prank. It's going to be something special. And it follows my rules, I asked. Where's the fun if we don't bend the rules a little? Lucas remarked, grinning. Dude, you promised, I said, exasperated. Just bent, not broken, I promise. It's about time for the finale. Jane (laughs) Jane started. Where's before being cut off with a sickening crack? Because I and I looked over to see her collapse on the floor with her right leg fully bent in, but in the wrong direction, with her foot all the way up to her hip. Holy shit! Ooh, she seemed to have fallen unconscious immediately from the pain. What the fuck just happened? What that just like happened? That came out. Of, were they just talking to her? Did like did like she fallen up? Wait, what happened? I'm what so happened? confused. Whoa, did she? Did I think they're kind of surprised too? She collapsed and her leg gave out underneath her, and they didn't see what happened. They like looked away for a second, and well, suddenly her leg. Yeah, it's it's apparently just kind of it got cracked in the wrong way, and I'm like, whoa. whoa! This this is escalating quickly. Now this is a short story. It's only about four pages on the document that we're reading. So okay. 
I have a feeling this will be a shorter episode anyway, but yeah. honestly, that's fine. You yeah. have one of those every so often. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, then a loud wet noise came from the direction of Lucas. I looked over and saw Brett standing over the crumpled, mostly headless body of Lucas. Holy shit! Everything from above the jaw was missing and blood had- Oh my god! And blood had already pooled around his body. Brett's eyes were much colder and more accusatory than I had ever seen them. In his hands he held a wooden plank with strange coloration on the end of it. Okay, back up. Mostly. So is he Sonic the Hedgehogging around like, got you, got you, you're dead instantly. But like is- mostly headless, like the f- idea of like someone cutting off above the jaw. That's So weird. his jaw and his neck and shit are still, but the upper half of his head is just gone. Uh, that's kind of horrible. Because usually when you think decapitation, it's like at the neck. That's an uncomfortable thing to think about. I, I like that kind of change. Yeah. Wooden plank with strength. Oh, we're we're going to need to analyze yeah. this a little later. Everything above uh, oh, the jaw. Da, da, da. Yeah. Uh, before I could make a noise, his hands were around my throat. I struggled as hard as I could, but he was much stronger than I ever could have expected. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. I could barely move. Damn. Damn. You know, I remembered, um, there was a, um, there was an old Halloween Horror Nights they did where they had, like, a Headless Horseman character. Yeah. Same thing. Only the upper half of his head oh, was gone. that's, okay, that's good. That's so It was, so like, the fun. jaw, like, and... But the, the other, like, he was mostly headless. How did they do that? Same way that they would do it, like, when you normally have a headless person, you, like, have the, the shoulders up on top of the head, and they just look abnormally tall. Yeah. You know, but I think instead they put a, a part of a prop head on top as well. Oh. So it looked like the horseman had, like, half of, the, the top half of his head missing. What about the jaw? Like, Well, there was, like, I think it was not even the whole jaw. It was, like, everything from the nose down was oh, gone, so there okay. was a grimacing mouth. Oh god! Just yeah, creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. Um, so what the fuck, it, Lucas? Lucas really is, or not Lucas? Uh, Brett really doing demon power because that's like supernaturally just how holding a plank with strange coloration at the end of it. Did they like somehow whack um, uh, Jane to break her leg and then immediately spin around and knock the entirety of Lucas's head off with a plank? That seems kind of strange. Huh. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around this, but we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. Of course you didn't know, Brett said, not exactly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Then the first one up. All of a sudden, his eyes lightened a little, and his grip loosened. I took a deep breath as I pulled away and fell onto the floor. Of course you didn't know, Brett said, not exactly addressing me. You wouldn't know. Why? I choked out. This is payback for what's about to happen, he said before walking on stage. As he stood in the center of the spotlight, he looked up. Folks in the front row began throwing their pies. Brett started his monologue, and I followed his gaze up toward the ceiling. It took a few moments before my brain for my brain to process it, but I eventually figured out what he was looking at. Charlie was up there, dangling from the ceiling. I couldn't quite make out any details, but I imagine he'd been up there for about an hour or so. Or an hour so far. The world started to feel a bit fuzzy. Brett started laughing, which I didn't think was part of his perfectly rehearsed monologue. Yeah, I'm guessing supernatural here. Uh-huh. More pies hit the target in the background and clattered to the ground afterward. I followed the ropes connected to the large target on up onto the rafters to see what the surprise was, but all I could see were sandbags. 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 A pie hit the target harder than any of the others had. I see a uh, sandbag started to fall. Brett's laughter increases in volume and intensity. Until. With a splat. It stopped. And the crowd screamed. Wait. Damn. Okay. Holy shit. So, wait a minute. Okay. So, 
Brett figured out that they were going to drop a freaking sandbag on him. What the hell? I and so he's like, this is this is this is payback for what's about to happen. Hence, prove that prevenge. Prevenge. Okay. Yeah. 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 So either he's precog, either he's pre uh, precog precognition, or he just found out ahead of time and decided, fuck it, if they're going to kill me anyway, I might as well kill them. Yeah. So wow that that went that went to yeah they were talking about going like go, go, did, go, go back did they up, know that up. they were going to kill him with a sandbag because he that's going to kill him. that's going to kill Brett go back up go back up because I'm I'm wondering about the whole how did he uh, well they Charlie well I mean Charlie went missing yeah Charlie went missing but then okay how did uh, Jane like it doesn't that's the thing the story doesn't really make it clear how Jane and uh, Jane and Lucas. Like, get hurt and slash or killed. He held a wooden plank with strange coloration on the end of it. Is the coloration the blood or something else? That's the weird part. I feel like I'm... Because I don't know weapons well enough, apparently. I think it's just... I think it's literally what it is. I don't know. Um, I think... Yeah, like... I, 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 okay, so I really like the concepts of this. I think it's it's a fun and grotesque little story. Definitely, uh, conceptually, you can see how it gets from the prevenge, how it gets its inspiration yeah, but, from the song. Yeah. And, um, I, the ending is effective, too. Um, I think there's, I think my main thing is just, I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, is this supernatural? How did, I, I think with what happens with Jane and Lucas is what's throwing me, mostly. Yeah. Because uh, it's not really explained this, how it happened. I'm, I'm thinking he... The, uh, well, with the sickening, I, I looked over and she's collapsed with her right leg fully bent in the wrong direction with her foot all the way up to her hips. I can visualize that. I'm wondering if he basically smacked her leg to the point of... Yeah, but you think they would have, like, the, she was literally standing there talking to them. They hear the crack, they turn their head. He's not there, but she's already lying there unconscious with her leg essentially crippled. Yeah. Um, Unless he was hiding behind, and it just happened. He was hiding behind a thing. I think there's a, there should have been something like it happened so fast or something like that. Yeah. I feel like that's the. There, there's a there's a few tiny little descriptors that could be snuck in there that I think could make this more effective and make us stop, make us I, the, still maintain some of the mystery, but have us going like I think not that, have us going, huh? I think the description. Honestly, I think the description of the. Um, how how they died is really good, or how? Oh yeah, how, how they were. Hurt. I guess we can't confirm if Jane dies or not. No, but we know we so far the well Jane and our narrator are the only ones who survived this. Yeah, but, as far as we know. But then I I think the idea is he can see into the future and knew what was about to happen. That like I think that's the supernatural part. Mm-hmm. Because that after the way he's like you didn't know, of course you didn't know because. Yeah, because like, he's staring at his eyes lightened while he was doing it. He's like, oh, you didn't know. Of course you didn't know. So, yeah, I think it's a, you're, it probably is something supernatural. Yeah. So all those people but, are going straight to God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I like this, honestly. I do, I think, too. I think with, with a, just a little bit of tweaking around that area, I think it could be even more effective. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I agree I with you. I really like how horrific the description is of how... They were injured slash killed. I, I I like the ending a lot. I like the fact it wasn't just a decapitation. It's above the jaw, which is so effed. And, yeah. Like that jaw uh, and the neck are still hanging there. Or, like, and the ugh. fact that they decided, oh, we're going to hit him with a sandbag. And 
in their, I mean, as kids in their mind, it's like, oh, well, it's just a sandbag. Like, why, how, have you tried to carry one of those fuckers? Those are heavy. Like, it would hurt, like, basically hurt him. Yeah. Like, I. No, it would. I mean, because again, it falls on him and clearly kills him mm -hmm. at the end of the story. So, yeah, just, you know, uh, Max, uh, thank you so much for sending this to us. This was cool. Um, like I said, my, my only thing is just those, those little things we mentioned, but otherwise I think it's actually pretty tight. I don't think it needs to be much longer. I don't think much more needs to explain. It's, it's a, it's a good little short story. Yeah. And the voice actually does work, uh, for someone who clearly is, um, part of the bully, but like, isn't, doesn't like, isn't that in between us? Like, that's like, well, yeah, we treated him like shit, but I don't think he really cared that much, so it doesn't even matter anyway. And then it's like, interesting that they that the, the narrator says this in retrospect when all of this has happened. Yeah, well, but I mean, most bullies wouldn't. Like I said, with the one bully, she knows she did. She treated this one woman like shit. Yeah, but still, there are still points where she still blamed her for all the bad things that happened to her. Mm -hmm. Even though oh, yeah. all she did was said, "I don't want to work." With my former high school bully, and I will quit if I don't. Like, yeah, which is totally justified. What, like, this woman is a, apparently like, like the best was considered like the best in the business, like literally a rock star. So, yeah, so it's like she could have. She's probably thinking, okay, I have a choice. I could probably get another job anywhere very easily, mm -hmm. e e uh, easily, and not work have to work with my high school bully, or I stay here and work with my high school bully. Hmm. So. Yeah, I do not blame her that she says, sorry, I can't work with this woman. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to leave if you do end up hiring her. Like, that's all, again, completely justified. And then it was the company's decision for if they, that, uh, I mean, a company can be like, well, if you don't want to work with this person, well, too bad, then leave. But they didn't. They said, okay, no, we're taking your. Yeah, clearly. So, yeah. you know, wait aside mm -hmm. with the, the person who had, who's, you yeah, know. Yeah, so I, it, it just. Point being, going back to, like, comparing that story I read uh, or an Ask a Manager story, which, uh, by the way, I, I do recommend Ask a Manager in general for, like, advice on uh, work and stuff like that. She gives very good advice mm -hmm. on, um, like, going on job interviews, um, how to do phone interviews, uh, following up, uh, writing your resume and stuff like that. But nonetheless, there's also a lot of very entertaining uh like ask stories because it is like any works place scenario wild shit happens at work yeah absolutely so, it just so happens this whole bully thing just reminded me of this story that i read just this week actually so mm -hmm. oh yeah and that which is uncanny then we come around to this too mm -hmm. all right um yeah i this is a good little um flat i would say, i would say this is flash fiction yeah, some real some flash fiction for sure. Very good. I I do love the ending. It it is it, you, it's punchy. It is punchy. It's very punchy. Yeah. Um. I I'm trying to see if there's. I really other than the things already mentioned in terms of where I would like uh, just a smidge more clarity. Yeah. Um. I think it's pretty solid. Same. Um. And I I once again I want to thank Max for sending us the story and for you know supporting the show over the years. Um, and if you want to support the show, it doesn't take much. All you got to do is, uh, give us, you know, a rating, a review, 
uh, feedback in some capacity so that we can get more ears on the show is always a good thing. If you want to support the other shows on the Creative Horror Network, uh, creativehorror.com is our home. It's where we have everything. Or the Creative Horror YouTube channel, where you might be listening to this if you're on the YouTube version. Uh, and you can check out other shows like Darkly Lit, as I mentioned earlier, Midnight Marinera, uh, The Witching Hour, and uh, Trigger Track, The Jameson, Jameson tapes, tapes. The Jameson. I couldn't, I wasn't going to forget The Jameson Tapes. How could you? That's no. an awesome show. Classic. 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 Uh, and uh, if you want to send a story for us to read, uh, feel free to email us, midnightmarinera at gmail.com is where that can go. Uh, you can also uh, send them through uh, the Midnight Marinera Twitter at Scary Sauce. You could, uh, if you're a patron, you could, uh, through patreon.com slash midnightmarinera, feel free to send us our stories through private messages that way. AC Silva did that not too long ago for La Cueva de la Cabra. Uh, we try to prioritize patron stories first, you know, push them up in the queue a little further. Um, and you also get a lot of content, including the choice drags and other fun, weird extra segments like that related to both Midnight Marinera and undercooked analysis over the years. If you, you, We're coming up on 10 years for both podcasts pretty soon, actually. You'll start to you know, um, understand the reference to why we say you go to God if you listen to the, <laughs> if you listen to the drags for this one. Uh, yeah, we, we have a weird recommendation for you all if you listen to the drags. Uh, yeah, but in terms of freshness ratings, I will give this a uh, a bucket of blood out of never having seen Carrie. Um, I give uh, this a why won't you die out of a let's uh, let's get this over with. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably. Uh, Move because I don't know, you know, for, for thematic purposes, I did hang up all these sandbags. Oh, no! You might want to move. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. Ha, 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 ha.